the Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Best Bets podcast presented by Bet365. I'm Jason Sobel from the Action Network. He is Ben Everell from Golf Bet, and we're here to play 18 holes, make 18 bets for, hey, we've got a full field event on our hands, the Sony <laughs> Open. Last week was, hey, I love Kapalua. I love everything about it. I love watching golf there, but 59 players or 144 players is a better. I like getting into those bigger fields and... <laughs> Uh, get a chance to get some big numbers on some players as we have this week. And uh, we like some of those big numbers. So, uh, Benny, before we go too far, we've got to give everybody out there a reminder that the Links and Locks podcast is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. That's why you get more boost with them than with anybody else. Every day, they power up the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more. Bet365 boosts specific markets, your winnings, and even parlays, and they don't stop there. Keep an eye out for their biggest and best odds with the incredible Super Boost. Check out the boosts and see why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 21 or older and present in Colorado, Iowa, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, or 18 and older in Kentucky. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms, conditions, restrictions all apply. Benny, I'm not sure if we had talked about 50 players last week, we would have gotten to Chris Kirk. We might have mentioned 50 players here on the pod. We still didn't get to Chris Kirk. Congratulations to him. Great story for him. His continued comeback from everything he's been through. Uh, and look, well, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the L. I'll start 0 for 1 on the year. That's just what happened. Yeah, I mean, I... I will say this, I had him on my radar for this week before he did what he did last yeah. week yeah. because I've seen him play well in person at the Sony a few times. Um, but even saying that, I wouldn't have been putting him in my win column this week. I just would have been having him pretty much where I'll have him anyway in that the top place scenarios. And I certainly didn't expect that he would not only win, but like he did it quite impressively, to be fair, uh, the way he came out and, and held off all the challenges on Sunday. Great shot into 17, etc. Um it, it's, you know, glimpses of the guy we saw, what, how many years ago was it when he was running through that FedEx Cup playoffs, the, the Billy Horschel year, and mm-hmm. uh, those two were sort of at their prime then. Uh, I think he's gone through all the personal stuff. He's gotten through the other side, and, and now everything's a bonus, and he's playing that way, and, and good luck to him, you know, like, well done, and uh, he's, he's certainly put his life on the, on the right track, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and certainly wouldn't be a huge surprise if Chris Kirk goes back-to-back because, like you said, Correct. I think there are yeah. a lot of us who like him better this week than we did last week. In fact, I'm sitting here, Benny. I've been staring at it for the past week. This is a one-and-done pool that myself and a uh, buddy do every single year. Filled it out before last week. You've got to do every pick before the season starts. I know some one-and-dones are by the week. Others, uh, you got to do them all ahead of time. That's what this one is. And we've got for the Sony Open – Sitting there staring right at me, Chris Kirk. Just go. a week off. So close. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, uh, oh. That's the way it goes. And you know what? There were a few guys that really disappointed um, last week. A few of my picks obviously let me down. One is that Aussie I talked you into. 
Uh, Cam Davis, uh, yeah. had, had another chat with him and he, he thinks it's an anomaly. We'll see if I believe him or not. Um, that's the way it goes, you know. Um, I was considering throwing out, you know, I always do the player market bets with Bet365. I always do the, uh, the positive side of things. I was going to throw out a negative on Davis just to get the mojo going the other way, but I refrained um, instead. But yeah, look, uh, like Ricky Fowler sort of wasn't the greatest last week. No, and then other guys no. were, were what we expected. Like I, Sung Jae-in was great, like I thought. Uh, you know, Sahith Thigala had a pretty good start. He's the type of yep. player that you're going to see up the top of these boards a lot more often. Uh, so look, there, there's some positive signs. And um, one thing going into this week too, we saw a little bit of, you know, a little bit of action from some of the, the Euro guys, but top three on the board this week, mate, favoritisms are Europeans. Did you know that we've been going 58 years at the Sony Open and never had a European winner? Not one. And they're the top three favourites on the board. Uh, so I just did a little column this afternoon on will will we see that drought broken? Spoiler alert, don't think so. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, uh, but I do think they'll go close and I think that that's a, it's a record that is on the way to being broken because of the way the new structure of the tour is. We've got a lot more European players playing at this time of year. Uh, and yeah, I think that I think that that's coming uh, soon. Although, yeah, it surprised me that not one in the the 58, 58 Sony Opens really? has been a European based player. European yeah. player. Uh, very interesting because I, I posted the odds when they were first released on Monday morning, and I had a couple of Twitter Twitter folks say, "I, I get that Ludwig Ober is going to be really good, but does he deserve to be the favorite in a field?" of 144 players on, on a course that doesn't really suit his game. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Who else would it be? And he's now actually uh, drifted a little bit. He is uh, yeah. tied atop the board with Matt Fitzpatrick. That makes sense. Tyrrell Hatton right behind them. I think if Hatton even had like one round, one one week under his belt at Wiley, maybe he'd be the favorite. But flying in blind, he and Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, maybe that's, keeping their number down a little bit, but I won't be mentioning any of those three names coming up. It doesn't sound like you will be getting to them as well, Benny. So we're looking for some bigger numbers. We're going price hunting. We're going shopping as we play 18 holes, making 18 bets for the Sony open. Ben Everell, you are now on the tee. You may swing away. Yeah. I'm not going to go with the European to start with my first outright pick, but I am not going to go with an American either. Uh, I'm going to go with what we would call an international eligible player. Uh, Look, it's interesting. The last, whatever you want to call it, the last, I think, 10 out of ten out of 12 have been in the top 10 in strokes gain putting the week that they've won this. So it's generally a putter's course. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you needed to be really good in strokes gain tee to green to get yourself those chances to putt. And just because they've done well putting that week doesn't necessarily translate. They've always been good putters. Hideki Matsuyama is a case in point there, uh, winning a few years ago having a really good putting week for himself despite not having his best tee to green but being a good tee to green player anyway. Long way away around to go to what I'm going to say is this is a ball striker who I think can win. To win, he'll need to do just a little better than he normally does on the greens. He'll need to have an above average week. But that's Canadian Corey Connors at about the 25 to 1 mark. His last four starts at the Sony Open inside the top 12. He was 13th tee to green last season on the PGA Tour and 14th in birdie or better percentage from 150, 175 yards. Wileye gives you a lot of those approach shots from that distance. Distance, you can't overpower it. You have to play to spots. Your driver gets taken out of your hand sometimes. I think if Corey Connors has just a half-decent putting week, he could be your champion. 
the more I talk about him, the more he would have. He's getting close to being my seventeenth hole, uh, but because I've already put other picks elsewhere, I'm going to stick with where I went with my initial uh, initial pick, which you'll get later on. But don't be afraid to go Corey Connors all the way. Well, speaking of which, this happens pretty frequently on the podcast. I'll tell you about Corey Connors later on in the pod. <laughs> hint, well, hint. Yeah. You might know where I'm going with my 18th hole. So uh, I'm going to start out with, uh, yeah, suffice to say, I, I like your Corey Connors play here. Four straight top 12 finishes at the Sony. Um, second hole, as always, I'm going to start out with a long shot. And I told you about number hunting, especially this time of year. Yeah. At some point, you just look down the list and you go, whoa, why is his number so big? And granted, maybe a guy wasn't in form last year, but it's a new year. And if a guy has proven that he can win at this level, he's proven he's a good player. If he's got some decent scores under his belt at this golf course, all of those things ring true for Billy Horschel, whose number is much too big this week. He was, uh, in fact, I'll give you a bonus one. There were two. He was number one on my list of mispriced players this week. One B was Emiliano Grillo, who played last week, didn't do anything special, but he won at Colonial last year. If you can win at Colonial, you can win at Wiley. Yeah, He's yeah. 90 to 1. Massive numbers on each of those players. Uh, I'll give you Billy here, but if you like Emiliano just as much or a little bit better, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. But, yeah, I'll, I'll go Horschel, 80 to 1. Last year was not the greatest year for him, but closing out the year on the PGA Tour and DP World Tour as he goes back and forth late uh, in the year. He finished in the top 20 in five of his last seven starts. So let's not sit here and pretend that Billy Horschel's not good at golf anymore and can't climb yep. up a leaderboard. So I thought 80 to one was a massive price for a guy who can certainly win in this kind of field. And I think that price is inflated because was it last year or the year before where he went there when he was really struggling and didn't really want to be there, had a terrible week or something? Yeah. Something in his past is, is I guess, an anomaly to us. But maybe not to the data and the and the the odds makers. They might be seeing it like he's not necessarily played well there. But there was one of the he was just he just wasn't even himself the last time I remember him being there. So that could be affecting that price. Uh, look, I think there's more than I think there's quite a few guys in the long shot scenario this week. So I'll, I'll move things around here. I'll give you a long shot. Um, and this this one's just you, you had actual good reason. This one's on name alone. But this is a Ryder Cup winner from only a few months ago that knows how to play in the wind, which we had forecast to potentially get Thursday and Friday. And he's 150 to one. And that's Bobby Robert McIntyre. I mean, 150 to one. You're just not going to see that for a guy that talented that often. Um, Look, he hasn't, as I said, he hasn't been a regular at Wallow. We haven't had European success here at Wallow, I said. But I'm looking at that number going, small sprinkle chance for a player that good, yep. you, you, you kind of can't ignore it. And there's a few there. I think there's quite a few in that 180 plus, 100, 150, 200 that could easily be up and around there uh, when we're, we're talking about things on Sunday. Think about uh, we've had some big name winners recently too, but we've also had some big odds. Like I think the average odds for the winner uh, maybe around 45, 50 to 1 in this tournament, even the names that are there weren't necessarily top priced favorites when they did win. Um, so, so I, I, I wouldn't be afraid to venture down the board this week. We, a lot of players are starting for the first time. Some get hot that way. Some don't. Some have been playing 
you know, um, with their mates and really under the gun. Some have been playing in Europe or in Australia or wherever it is, have a bit more freshness to them. So there's, uh, there's plenty of chance for those longer shots to get up. Um, I've got another one, but I'm going to hold him for a top 40 play later, so I'll hold on to it. But, uh, yeah, Bobby McIntyre, 150 to 1. I just, just on reputation alone, look at that, please. Uh, yeah, Benny, I think you make a lot of sense there. I, I get, look, he's traveling halfway across the world. He's trying to set up camp in, I believe, Orlando, where he's going to be based throughout the PGA Tour season, going to be living in America for the first time. There's a lot going on. I don't love him this week as far as like, hey, give me one player you think is going to win. But again, when you're number shopping, when you're just looking down the list, you're like, whoa, that one jumps out. Certainly that 150 to one number on Bobby Mack is uh, a massive number and uh, underscores just how good he is. All right, I'm getting to the fourth hole. And speaking of history on this golf course, if you had bet Matt Kuchar for a top 10 every year for the last 18 years, You'd be up. I, I don't know what to tell you. You'd have more money than you have right now. Maybe you should do it again this week then. Don't want to miss the boat. <laughs> He's 8 of 18 in his career, finishing in the top 10. Top 10. I mean, that's not easy. Yeah. That means he's <laughs> like really, really good at this golf course. I know you might think, kind of like Billy Horschel, oh, Matt Kuchar, he's kind of washed up. Finished top 10 in two of his last three PGA Tour starts of 2023. Played the PNC Championship with his son, Cameron. They were up there for a while. Cameron actually tried to Monday qualify this week. So you know that his son is out there. They're playing some competitive golf. He's pushing dad to go out there and play some good golf as well. And I love the fact that he is 55th on the official world golf ranking right now, Benny. Top 50 going into Augusta will get into the Masters. He hasn't played there in three years. You know he's dying to get back. And so that's leaving a little more motivation for Cooch. Well, I'll move something around here and yeah. say repeat, rewind, and but I've got Kucher in the top twenty bracket here. Okay. Um, I'm going to that's more conservative. He's about two to one or around about that uh, to be in the top twenty. Uh, like you mentioned, everything you said is is true. A former champ uh, at the venue as well. Um, and look, the family time, like you mentioned, I didn't know if you'd know about obviously the the son trying to qualify, but he's only two shots out of the playoff by you, mind you, too. Two Monday yeah. qualify. So he was right up there um, for a young gun against a lot of tour stars because a lot of the guys who are uh, rookies this year or KFT grads, etc., uh, were in town for their uh, rookie orientation in in Hawaii over the weekend, but did not make the field and had to go Monday qualify. Uh, like a, it was a stud, a pretty pretty stellar Monday Monday field, and for for him to be just two shots back speaks to exactly what you said. I think they always have their big family vacation around this time. They spend it in different parts, different islands. Um, they they love it. It's one of their favourite times of year. And you just know Cooch would not be just led like he's the type of dad that's just not letting his kid beat him and that kid's pushing him. You can yeah. tell he's pushing him. He's going to be a potential uh, up-and-comer on the tour in the near, in the next few years. So um, I went a little bit more conservative. But, yeah, Cooch are top 20 for me. I think that it's a pretty conservative play. Yeah, I think that certainly makes some sense. I'll get to my top 20s here at the sixth hole. And yes, I have multiple uh, top 20s. Now, we talked about long shots earlier. If you want to take a shot, I've actually, I, I will say, I've, I've taken a shot on these guys already in the outright marketplace. They probably make more sense as top 20s at big numbers. But Kevin Kisner did a fantastic job in the booth last week. Yep. I don't know if the odds makers think Kevin Kisner is done 
I get it. Didn't play well last year. Took a leave of absence for a while. Just had to get away from the game. Kevin Kisner has four top fives in seven, his last seven starts at the Sony Open. Kevin Kisner, <laughs> however poorly he's been playing, shows up at this golf, golf course and plays well just about every single year. He's anywhere from 250 to 300 to one in the outright marketplace, around nine to one for a top 20. The other name I'll give you, my boys, uh, Colton Ost and Drew Stoltz, who are on Gravy in the Sleeves, the, the show before mine on PGA Tour Radio every day. They ran a little uh, pro member, pro scratch event out at Whisper Rock this past weekend, a little two-man event. Ches Reeves team won, but as they mentioned on air the other day, if Ches didn't have a partner, Ches Reeves team still would have won. He played that well this past weekend. This is not like he's just beating up wow. on members. Like there are a bunch of other PGA Tour pros and former pros who are playing in yeah. this thing. They're like, when Ches gets it going, he usually gets it going for a while. He's played well on this golf course in the past. He's at 300, 350 to one outright, nine to one for a top 20. Uh, I like both Kisner and Reeve. Uh Take a shot on both of them. Even if you only hit one of them, it's still going to be a really nice hit for you. I'm filing that Reeve information away for Amex and Phoenix and a few others coming up. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's good to know. Um, yeah, good, good insight there, mate. And Kiz, like I was literally had him in my sights here, and I was thinking, okay, is he, is he like now just going to be the announcer dude, and he's happy with that or whatever else? But then I thought, if anybody would be the type of guy that that could come off that announcing debut and and get the good vibes for what he had done. And then just be able to rock up and and contend. He's that type of dude. He's that like laid back, like he's going to rock up at Sony where he's got good vibes and feel like oh, I got nothing to lose now. I've, I've, I'm pretty happy with what I did last week. I know that I've got a future arm, etc. <laughs> it could almost be the making of him, both on and off the course last week. Benny, we talked about motivation as far as Kucher a few minutes ago. Think about Kevin Kisner. He had to sit around in a booth all last week and talk about his <laughs> friends playing golf. You think he's not motivated to go out there and kick some butt this week? You know yeah. he's not going to be like, man, I'm going to sit around. Jordan Spieth was on, same show, Gravy in the Sleeves. He was on there on Tuesday, and they were talking about Kisner, and he goes, what's Kiz like? You know, Kiz like mid-late 40s, so he's pretty much done with his career. And they go, uh, Kevin Kisner's 39 years old. You know he <laughs> wants to go out there and show that he's not 47, that he's not ready to hang it up right now. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, all right, let me get you to a, a top 10 play. And I know that I said that I, I would stay potentially away from the top of the ball, but the one guy in the front there that I actually think can contend and maybe get that European thing off the off the duck egg is Tyrrell Hatton. Um, and I'll say that because I've got him as a top 10 again or just outside the two to one, et cetera, um, as a conservative player, just... Don't know how much his head is fully in it yet. This time of the year, you saw him doing his usual shenanigans last week, a little bit here and there. T14, uh, not too bad. Pretty good putting effort. And I think that's why I think he's got a chance. He's a good putter, essentially. Last year on tour, he was seventh in strokes game putting. We know he can hit the ball well. We know he is theoretically, you know, one of the best players easily in this field. That's why he's at the top of the board. He should have won uh, more on the tour. He's... He's definitely talented enough to do it. If his game turns up and his head stays switched on, uh, this is a course he should theoretically be able to take down. Um, whether he does or not, I'm not fully convinced. That's why I've left him in the top 10 bracket. 
too late and should be able to to bust the hoodoo. Not sure he quite will. Yeah, uh, I, look, Hatton's certainly good enough to go out and win on any given week, and he's due. That Those are the kind of guys that I usually like. I mean, at a, a bigger number, Hatton's the kind of guy that I, I started picking late last summer a little bit because it's like he's yeah. played well enough to win, and he hasn't won. I know there's no such thing as the law of averages, but whatever <laughs> law it is, at some point, rewards guys with a victory because they've played well enough to win. Russell Henley's a guy who up until like a year, like he hadn't been winning, but he'd been playing really well. And at some point, like it just, the good stuff comes, whether it's karma, whether it's coincidence, whatever it might be, uh, those wins start coming. So it makes sense for Hatton. I'll get to the eighth hole and I'll go with the top 40 play here. Justin Suh finished 41st here a year ago. I think he's at least one notch better than he was then uh, getting through his rookie season. This is a guy that I like to target in West Coast events. He's a very cerebral player. Uh, Speaking with him on a handful of occasions last year, I really got the sense that this is a guy who he understands the game of golf. He understands his game. He understands how to make his game fit specific golf courses. I mean, we're talking this was at Oak Hill last year for the PGA Championship where he was in contention for a few days. And I asked him if he was taking sort of a conservative approach or more of an aggressive approach. And his answer really blew my mind. He said, well, some holes I'll take a conservative line off the tee, then an aggressive line into the greens. Other holes I'll go aggressive off the tee, conservative into the green. I mean, just you could tell that this wasn't something where it was kind of like, huh, let me think about it. Uh, I guess aggressive. Like he knew exactly how he was strategizing his way around the golf, the golf course. And I, I think he's just a, a very, very smart dude as far as uh, golf smarts and figuring out his way around a golf course. This is a strategic golf course, a technical golf course, and I think that it will fit him very well. Top 40 plus 120 this week, Benny. Okay, fair enough. Ninth hole, I'll go to another strategic golfer and a guy that we already spoke about. I'm going to double down to the top five for Chris Kirk, the winner last week. Uh, I... As I said, I already had him slated for top five uh, in this hole or even potentially my second outright choice before last week happened. Um, it's funny that him winning almost brought him back a level for me here, you know, rather than forward, um, sure. just because it can take a little out of you, obviously winning, etc. But at the same time, I have witnessed Justin Thomas go back to back off the two. I think Ernie Els did it back in the day as well. Uh, it's possible. Uh, there is also a high correlation, even though even though Siwoo Kim last year was neither um, great putting, like as I said, most winners were, nor had he played at, at Kapalua before. Uh, prior to that, pretty much most winners had at least played at Kapalua the week before. Yeah. Um, and so I think guys who have done that are not the same golf course at all, except just, just having those reps and having that feel, having that, that jazz, I think helps. And... I just don't see Kirk going too far backwards. That's all. Uh, I can see him making the odd mental error because he'll be a little tired, uh, but I think he'll contend at a place he's always content. Two top threes in the last three years. Uh, I think he can do it again. And if luck goes his way, he could win again. So um, mm. I'm going to go to about, what, about 550 or 6 to 1 it is for a top five. Uh, I think that's a decent. I think it's I think it's a little silly not to at least consider him on your on your pages this week. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, Benny. Uh, Chris Kirk. Certainly could go back-to-back. When he gets hot, he tends to stay hot. Uh, We will try to stay hot with our back nine in just a second. But one more reminder, the Links and Locks podcast 
is presented by Bet365. Bet365 doesn't do ordinary. That's why you get more boosts with them than with anyone else. Every day, they power up the odds on hundreds of bets to give you a chance to win more. Bet365 boosts specific markets, your winnings, and even parlays. They don't stop there. Keep an eye out for their biggest and best odds with the incredible Super Boost. Check out the boost and see why. It's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 21 or older and present in Colorado, Iowa, Louisiana, New Jersey, Ohio, Virginia, or 18 and older in Kentucky. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. As we make the turn, it's my tee on number 10. And as usual, I like to go with my first round leader play. I know the tee times are out as we record here on Tuesday evening. I have not looked at the tee times yet. I know there's maybe some thoughts that uh, one wave could have a little advantage over the other one. So I will offer my uh, my my preemptive note that uh, I have not studied the first round leader marketplace, the, the tee times and uh, the waves and the weather and the wind and all how that could affect things. But I will still give you a name that I think should be pretty good. It's a guy that played well last week, finished in fourth place. He's got the long putter now. He's a really good ball striker, T degree, and the putter was a struggle. But much like Lucas Glover, much like now Akshay Batia, who's doing it as well, Ben Ahn looks much better on the greens with that broomstick putter. He is 50 to 1 first round leader, finished 11th last season, Benny, in round one scoring average. For as much as I like the guys, full tournament who played last week and are going uh, island hopping and playing this week, I like them even more for first-round leader. Like, this is – if you want an edge, this is your edge. Whether it's DFS showdown contest, first-round leader plays, play the guys who have already played four rounds and have that under their belts. Uh, Yeah, I'll jump straight into 11th with a similar similar idea for my first-round leader uh, guy was last week. Uh, a guy who's reasonably high on the odds board, but uh, again, I'm waiting for better odds, and I think I can get that at the first round leader. He's part of the morning wave, and that's a former champion, Russell Henley, uh, the yeah. guy who can putt. Uh, I, I do think that, like, uh, generally speaking, if if conditions are, it's it's been raining over there early this week. It's a little soft. Um, they're expecting some wind Thursday and Friday, but later on Thursday and then throughout Friday. So. This is early, as I said, still, but there's a potential for those guys who can get out nice and early on, on Thursday morning, perhaps with a little bit softer conditions uh, to knock up a score. We've seen 59 hit shot there before uh, from Justin Thomas. Uh, Henley can put the dots off it. Uh, I think you get better odds than than the overall whether you go for the first round leader on him. And then, uh, as I've said many times in this scenario, uh, I would then evaluate what you do with him uh, for the rest of the tournament after that first yep. round, and that's uh, you mentioned earlier. I'll just I'll just throw this in there. Uh, I don't I don't think that those odds are good for Ludwig Aubert. I think they're way too short for a place mm-hmm. that his his distance doesn't dominate. Um, those those weeks will come where that number actually makes sense, even against good good quality because he's going to be that good. Um, but this week he's a definite wait and see player for me. If he has a great first round, so be it. If he doesn't. Um, at least sort of see, like last week, just see, to see how he's going and then decide whether to get on. But uh, yeah, first round leader, Russell Henley for me. I think that makes a lot of sense. I like Henley a lot. And uh, you make sense there because his number is too short in the outright marketplace for me. To start at 20 to 1 for a guy that just doesn't have a ton of win equity, 
doesn't yeah. feel great. I was hoping to get Henley at maybe a 28 or 30 coming into the week, and I probably would have jumped on him. It, uh, you take him first-round leader, you're almost hedging your bets, like Benny said. Either you can hit a first-round leader bet or maybe he's four back and maybe <laughs> drop to 25 to one, and then you can jump on him. So I think you give yourself options there. I will get to the 12th hole, and I've got a few player finishing position bets at bet365. I'll start with my buy for the week. Uh, look, this is a guy that I, I'd like to buy in a few different spots. I will buy him here as just a, a nice, easy play. I, and look, again, I told you Ricky Fowler was a buy last week, and that was the easiest play on the board because he'd play well at Kapalua, and that didn't come close to happening. So caveat emptor. Eric Cole, your freshly named Rookie of the Year from last season, 37th or better at minus yeah. 120 this week. I, look, this is a guy that I really like, a guy that you know plays with some – some passion and plays with some immediacy as a 35 year old who's just started his second PGA tour season. But I also like the fact that he played last week. It's a good golf course for him. 37th or better. I mean, you're, it makes a ton of sense, Benny. Yeah, I, I can roll with that. Um, all right. I'll go into those player finishing markets for the 13th hole. Uh, I mentioned earlier that, that I had a, a hinklet. An inkling that I might uh, throw the the negative on Cam Davis here, not because I think he will be that bad again, but just so I can maybe just get rid of the uh, the jinx I've thrown on him every time I uh-huh. seem to talk him up. He has an off week and then comes the next week and and goes brilliant. Um, instead, I'll look for and this is take this with a grain of salt. This is the feel good uh, hope that this one comes good. So don't be throwing any houses on this. But 47th or better, the return of the guy shot 82 when he was last out, Will Zalatoris. Will <laughs> Zalatoris is back this week. Uh, I was ready to write him off until I actually went and watched and heard him speak and talked to the people that spoke to him out there today. And I know they always talk a good game and, oh, I'm, I'm playing great and this is different. But he said, look, uh, when I went to the Bahamas, the hero, I was coming off no prep, no nothing. I uh, was just trying to see where my game was at, and obviously it wasn't quite there. He spent the last month playing high-level, he called it, money games against other pros and, and and uh, let's just say, high-profile mates. Think guys like Tony Romo and Jordan Spieth and Tom Kim and probably Ryan Palmer, etc. all these mm-hmm. guys in Dallas. They've been playing high-level money games every day. So he's been doing it for a month straight. He's been winning a handful of those. He's been making putts, including 20-footers on the last to take cash. He said, I know it's not the same thing, but it's what jazzes him and makes him feel like he's 100% ready now. He's actually, he, he, talk, he called it, I think he said that, oh, in the Bahamas, I you know quickly crammed for a test and then tried to play. Didn't quite work out. This, I've had a month of actual real preparation, real study. I'm ready. Um, so 47th or better, we can root for that, right? We can hope that he can do better than that. Uh, I know I'm saying he definitely will. I'm hopefully he can. The last bet that didn't make my card here for the pod, Benny, was <laughs> selling Will Zalatoris at 48th or worse. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't do it, though. I think you talked me out of it. Um, yeah. With those comments and the fact that he's, he's playing some golf, I, I yeah. still think it's it's more of Definitely. a rehab start than yeah. anything else. I still think you, you can go home and play with some buddies, even if they're PGA Tour caliber players, and, and take some money off them. But when you get in the heat of the battle and you haven't really played a – an official event in what, nine, 10 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it takes a little while to get it back, but I won't give you Zalatoris here. You think he falls you into the, uh, 
I just to say, do you think he falls into the the Hideki spot that you talked about last week? Like, let's just stay off him until we know more. Is that what you're thinking? <sighs> Probably. Now, yeah. I might be on Zalatoris as soon as Tory Bynes in a few right. weeks. Like, this might not be a, you know, hey, I, I'll see you at the PGA Championship if you're playing <laughs> well. But, like, this is not a full season fade on Zalatoris. But mm-hmm. let me wait and see what we get from him before I start jumping on him. No worries. But, hey, look, if you like him, the price is certainly right this week uh, yep. in different marketplaces. So if you're into it, go for it. 14th all, I'm going to fade the other guy that you were talking about, Cam Davis. Uh, nothing against yeah. Cam. Didn't have his best stuff last week. But I'm really starting to like JT Poston. Really right. starting to like JT right now. And yep. just something tells me, even though he's not my favorite play on the board this week, something tells me. It's going to be a very nice JT Poston week. Again, minus 125. I usually like my matchup bets closer to even money, but I'll take him at minus 125 against Cam Davis, and uh, I'll just I'll just count my money at the end of the week because I think that's a smash play. You know what? I just love that you've done that because that does give my man Davis a chance now. <laughs> it gives him a chance. I needed something to turn around for him, um, and that might be just it. We'll see. All right. uh, You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. No worries. Good stuff. Uh, all right, fifteenth uh, hole. Okay, this is one of the guys who's a long shot. Who look, I get that he doesn't didn't doesn't do much every other week, and, and might not even be known to a lot of people. But to be in the hundred and fifty to one category and to still be plus money for a top forty, when your last two finishes at the Sony Open are second and twelfth, it's you, you can't you can't go away from it. And that's Hayden Buckley. Look, mm. he, he talks up. He loves this joint. He. Probably should have won it last year. Let's be real. Had a really good chance to win this thing. Um, didn't get it done. Uh, but I said like 12th and 2nd in his last two starts at the event and still plus money for top 40. To me, that's something that you can't sort of let go. And I, I get it. He's not Tyrrell Hatton. He's not Ludwig O'Bear. He's not. But he's clearly shown an affinity for the course. Uh, he's probably got a little bit of unfinished business in his in his head as well. And it's good value. So when there's value at the top 40 market, I'll have at it. Thanks very, very much. I, I'm going to follow you a little bit, not just on Buckley, but for the 16th hole. I already gave you Justin Suh as a plus money top 40. I'll give you one more. And this is a guy that I've spoken with a couple times in the last few months. I know he's working hard on his game. He's a tremendous putter. At this point in the season last year, we were like, whoa, Taylor Montgomery is going to run away with Rookie of the Year. It sort of slowed down for him a little bit. He's lost some confidence in his tee to green game. I know, like I said, he's been working very hard. I saw his dad, Monty, over at Shadow Creek about three or four weeks ago. And uh, he said, oh, Taylor's out working on his game, getting into some money games. Speaking of, you know, the Will Zalator strategy, just let's go play for some money and get the juices flowing. I think Montgomery is going to come back with a very, very strong sophomore season. You can get him at plus 137 for a top 40 this week. He was 12th here a year ago. Granted, he was playing better golf, but this should be a good spot for him. Like I said, if you're you're trying to identify the best putters, he is one of the best putters out there. Yeah, and look, I never really get involved in the DFS stuff as that's usually your cup of tea and others. But like if you want to do one of those uh, theme – style weird teams this week go with the putters look at like get value in those guys uh another one montgomery uh, the other obviously denny mccarthy is someone that you could look at too at slightly uh, better odds and then another long shot would 
no doubt be Maverick McNeely, who, mm. again, just a, a putting genius last season, might have led the tour, I think, even Mav, uh, last season in strokes game putting and is generally better at this time of year, uh, and, whether it be... And Benny, sorry, just to expand on what you're talking about a little yeah. bit there, because I know a lot of people, like, we just talk betting usually. We don't get too much into DFS. And people are like, what do you mean, like, you know, taking all the same guys? Uh, this is a, a theory that's a, a strategy that's more um, geared towards, say, football, where you want to stack the quarterback and two yeah. of his receivers. If the quarterback throws four touchdowns and each receiver gets two, you're probably going to cash in that lineup. In golf, I know stacking doesn't seem to make as much sense. Maybe you could do it all early wave guys, all late wave guys, and try to catch the right tee times. But what you can also do is, hey, I'm going to take all big hitters or I'm going to take all good ball strikers or, yes, I'm going to take the best putters. The best putters, uh, that does have some merit this week. I'm I'm actually going to throw in a lineup as soon as we're done with Denny McCarthy and uh, Taylor Montgomery, and I'm going to start it there, maybe a Tyrrell Hatton. And I'm yep. going to get some of the best putters in the field this week. Yeah, it's just it, as I said, the stats of over a long period of time have said that good putters will always play well here. Um, and if you can, if you, if you again, if you're looking for this, to me is one of those weeks where uh, you know if you just want, want to talk small unit, you want to talk a dollar, right? Like whatever it is, you can you could have ten one dollar bets at 150 to one guys who are just good putters, and you're going to get one of them giving you a run. For, you're going to you're going to be at least cheering one of them. Uh, towards Saturday and Sunday, I guarantee tell you that, if not a few of them, um, trying to get you that little, uh, you know, small layout, big return. So, sure, um, sure. yeah. All right. Where am I at? 17th hole. Oh, I'm there, aren't I? I'm Gene. Okay. As I said, like, I, I, the more I've been going on, the more numbers I've gotten that support Corey Connors that I had at the start. But I'm going to go with where my gut was earlier in the week, uh, just based off, again, I, I do like players who play well. Uh, in Kapalua and then make the trip over. Uh, I think there is generally some co- correlation to that. And, and it flies in the face of of what necessarily he his his strength is because he's a big hitter, this guy, um, but also can be measured and also was, I think, 14th in putting or 17th in putting on tour last year. And that's Sahith Gala. I'm going to say that the number on him is pretty good, 28 to 30 to 1. Uh he just is one of those young stud players that is going to be up there more often than not from now on. And uh, we saw a we saw a nice, uh, like weird correlation stat. The the last time he went from like a big open, big hitting place like Kapalua, which in this case is the Masters last year, he backed it up on a small, more tighter uh, course, which was at Hilton Head with another top five. I, I feel like that's going to be similar what happened this year. Uh, he's got, you know, four million family, it seems, following always. He's always got the good vibes around him. You know he's in a good frame of mind. He's just a stud player. And I just liked, I liked the number after what he did last week. I was expecting he would be close to the 20 rather than 30. Uh, and I saw Henley and him were sort of flip-flopped in my mind. I was like, thanks for coming. I'll take Sahith. Uh, yeah, all the way. I, I, I really like him as a... as. If he doesn't win this week, he's going to win again this year. He's he's just that good. He, he we've been talking about him for three years, haven't we? And now we finally yeah, yeah. seeing it all. We're seeing it all come to fruition. You know, it's funny because we tend to look at some of the big hitting players out there and go, "Well, on a short, tight golf course, I'm going to stay away from him because his yeah. advantage is neutralized." And yet, sometimes you look at these big hitters. Tony Finau is a great example. Gary Woodland has often been a good example. 
um, in, a, in a smaller sample size. Uh, who's I just thinking of? Ludwig Ober, who won the RSM Classic yep. uh, last year at the end of the year. He's a decent example where uh, these guys get onto these shorter, tighter courses. Cam Davis is another one. Get onto the shorter, yeah. tighter golf courses, and all of a sudden, like they're like, "All right, cool. I don't, I don't need a driver," and they're maybe going to hit three iron off the tee and just smash it everywhere and keep it in play uh, against other players' drivers, which might go a little bit awry. So I, I think there's something to that. All of that said, getting to the 18th hole, I'm going to go back to the player that you mentioned right off the top of the pod. Uh, he is not a guy who's one of the best putters out there, but T to green. He's just about as good as almost anybody out there. And uh, right. Corey Connors showed it again last week. He was ninth in strokes gained off the tee. He was ninth in strokes gained on approach shots. He was not ninth with a putter in his hands on the greens, but we're hoping for a little spike week from Corey. He tends to putt much better at Wileye. Like I said earlier, yeah. four it's finishers inside the it top is. 12 in his last four starts. So uh, hoping for one of those big spike weeks. You know all the Canadians are fired up to try to get on the President's Cup this year. So uh, they are trying to get onto that team to play in their native Canada. And I think that Corey Connors, I mentioned him on the pod last week, he's a guy that I think is going to win and win something bigger than a Valero Texas Open at some point this year. I don't know that the Sony Open is much bigger than a Valero Texas Open, but I'll take it. And at 30 to 1, where he opened up, I think it's a good number. He's probably down to about 25 in most marketplaces. I can still buy that. 25 still okay. Yeah, I, I can't argue, as I said, because he just looks better to me. It's the, more, the more research I do this week, the more it points to him. Except, for, as I said, look, he doesn't have to be the best putter out there. He just needs to be better than, than usual, and yeah, he'll be right up there. So we'll see how he handles the pressure. Yeah, hopefully he can handle it. Well, uh, we appreciate everybody out there handling us for a little bit. Thanks so much for <laughs> listening. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast throughout the entire PGA Tour season. Listen, subscribe, download, and rate us every week. For Ben Everell, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your bets for this week's Sony Open. Here's hoping you hit the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.